On a summer's day in the month of May, a burly bum come a hiking. He was walking down the land through the sugar candy, were looking for his liking. And as he strolled along, he sang songs of the land of Middle Canada. Hey there, this is the Sounds of the Trail podcast, a place where we talk about the ups, downs, and switchbacks of trail life. It's time for a hike. Where a bum can stay for many a day, and he won't need any money. Welcome back to Sounds of the Trail. I'm your host, Gizmo, and this is episode number 16. This week's episode is a mishmash of odds and ends. Over the course of making this podcast, I've accumulated some extra audio recordings that haven't yet found their way into an episode. Sometimes I just ran out of space or had a specific theme for the episode that didn't quite match up with the recording. But I saved them for a rainy day, and although the sky is clear and blue here today, I'm sure it's raining somewhere. But we're going to kick off this episode on the Appalachian Trail with kimchi, several hundred miles back, back before the broken foot, and in it, kimchi is going to explain magically the reason why this episode today is full of odds and ends. So let's head all the way back to Virginia and take a listen. Hey, this is kimchi with Sounds of the Trail, and I want to talk about procrastination. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> this day has been completely insane. We've done, I don't know, 11 miles. 12, I think. Ah, 12. Okay, 12 is good. 12 is good mileage. Anyway, uh, we're standing at the barn, and uh, the barn is a, delicious. Know, it's a delicious five-star restaurant on the side of the highway. Um, we walked up to the highway today from the trail, and we have yet to get anywhere because we got distracted by gas station, which meant like Gatorade and snacks, and Yogi bought a whole thing of donuts and probably ate all of them. Um, I'm sitting here with Grasshopper, who, he and his his lovely lady, Mighty Mouse, have been trying to leave for how many hours? I mean, probably three at this point, I would say. At least three. Three hours. Okay. (laughs) Well, Grasshopper, uh, first of all, where are you from? Uh, we're from Chicago, outside Chicago originally. We live in Ashburn, North Carolina now, so we're sort of close to home. All right. Well, these guys are really cool, and I keep seeing them. Just <laughs> <laughs> can't get rid of us. Mainly because I no, we're all doing pretty good miles most of the time, but today seems to be a hard one for everyone. Even John, I think, said he was having a slow day. So, uh, just real quick, where are you trying to get to? How many miles? We're not doing that game. I'm, I'm on the yogi bandwagon. We're just walking. We just walk until I get pissed off and I want to stop, and then then we're there. How do you feel about the tornado warning that we just found out about? Because there's no my, there's no shelter for 16 miles, uh, and severe weather apparently is going to be blown in. What do you think about that? I mean, getting pummeled by terrible weather sounds awesome in the woods. We don't really like shelters as it is, so that doesn't really hurt too much. It doesn't look that bad right now. Which means that it's probably going to be terrible in about a half an hour once we get on the trail. Which is why we should just stay at the barn all day, indefinitely. Until your, what, until your camera gets here? Is that pretty much the strategy? Procrastinate long enough until your camera comes? Or glasses. <laughs> or glasses. Come on, man. I got glasses and a camera coming. I mean, neither of which are very important, so... Uh, 
Space Cadet and Ganja Man are doing weapon wars on the lawn. They're sword fighting. It's kind of like uh, what Star Wars in the grass with the trekking poles, and then looks like Yogi is like the barbarian with the big staff. And either way, it looks like none of us are getting anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> we still have. Nothing resembles hiking. It is certainly nothing in this area resembles anything involving walking. So Grasshopper has his bag on. Uh, to his credit, I don't I, know. I am the one person wearing a backpack right now. Mighty Mouse, let's talk to you real fast. We're talking about procrastination today, and I'm helping us procrastinate by just doing this podcast. So, uh, first of all, please introduce yourself. I'm Mighty Mouse. Is that all? One all? Where are you from? <laughs> Mighty Mouse, originally from Chicago, but now live in Asheville, North Carolina. And... Uh, so what? You're yeah. just repeating what I said. Whatever, I never have ladies on this show because everybody I meet is a dude. <laughs> That's right. We walk with dudes all day long. <laughs> How do you feel about uh, this day of procrastination? Why Why do you think you're having a... All of us are in like this weird funk today and I don't know what it is. Procrastination is key sometimes. <laughs> a little bit of time to heal. Um, sore and weary and... I don't know. Yeah, it's a good time to charge. Yeah, charge the phone, (laughs) catch up on text messages. Sometimes, if you're lucky, you get to go and procrastinate long enough while you're cooking that a downpour is around you, but you're actually sheltered for once, and you can just watch it and not get your ass kicked. So that's that's a really big benefit. Because it rains every day on the 18th. Pretty much, pretty much every single day, and sometimes it downpours. And when you're sitting dry cooking and it's downpouring and you're watching it from afar. That's really satisfying. I'm not going to lie. It's the little things in life. I totally I agree with that. Well, uh, so Mighty Mouse, we just found out that there's a tornado warning. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Where at? Right I here. I don't believe it. It's blue skies. No, it's not. No, it's not. Look at those clouds over there. They are not blue. There's, there's blue behind the clouds. Though. Yeah. Blue, there's always blue behind the clouds somewhere. I like that. Uh, so where where Grasshopper told me he's not playing the mileage game. I'm guessing I'm your advice. I think that's You're the a, one that told me. I know it's good advice. I'm already embracing it. I think it's great. Uh, so all of us are actually going to march forward. I think here in a minute, hopefully. Yogi just bought four locos for all of us because <laughs> because because we are about to be at the. Why don't you tell us where we're about to be, Mighty Mouse? <laughs> we're going to be at the quarter of the way marker. I think it's mile 547.2-ish. Quarter of the way to Maine. We're about to be quarter of the way to Maine. We just have to get there, which means we have to leave this porch. We have to go the four miles. We're only four miles away. But we might get blown off the side of the mountain. It's also a climb all the way there. Uh, we're about to be climbing, I think, for the rest of the day. Yeah. The whole way. Oh, Actually, jump in a tornado and spit out on Katahdin, would that count? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I need this to be repeated. Is it, is like, if we get sucked up in the tornado and spit out on Katahdin, does that count as through hiking? I don't know if it counts as through hiking. That would be like uh, wind blazing or something like that. <laughs> but either way, I guess we should get going. Procrastination is a big problem sometimes. Sometimes we can like push forward and sometimes we really just can't. Yeah, get there till we leave here. Uh, hold on, Yogi has to say that one again. Can't get there till we leave here. <laughs> so hopefully we'll leave here. We have one ray of sunshine. I think I'm going to follow it. Let's do it!
The sun's out. Let's go. Woo! Kind of out. And, you know, it's sort of bright somewhere. It's away again. Sit back down. We got this. I think we're going to go, for real. If we don't go, then I'm going to sit here and do all this all over again. So for now, so we better go. I'm Kimchi, and I'm out. And hopefully we don't get killed in a tornado, which we probably won't. But one of us might get struck by lightning. Oh, <laughs> Hopefully it's Yogi. He's taller than the rest of us. <laughs> take one for the team. <laughs> Yogi, take one for the team. What else is new? <laughs> what was it that Kimchi said? Procrastination is a big problem sometimes. Yeah. For our next bit of audio, we are going to jump back even farther on the Appalachian Trail to hear from two very cheerful Canadians. The cool thing about this interview is that it presaged a lot of the themes and topics we went on to cover in the podcast, but since it didn't cover any particular topic in depth, it's been sort of an orphan bit of audio waiting for a home. Today's the day. Let's hear from our Canadians. Hey, this is Kim Chi with Sounds of the Trail, and I am interviewing some really awesome Canadians um, who I've been sort of trying to piggyback a little bit, but more, I guess, leapfrogging. We sort of jump back and forth, and I'm always happy to see them, which is awesome. They've been super, super fun people to bump into the whole time, and just wanted to ask them a couple of questions about their experience on hiking in the United States on the Appalachian Trail. Uh, I guess first we could do some introductions. You are? Swass. Stands for sweaty ass. <laughs> sweaty ass. Swass. That's a good one. Uh, Swass, how old are you? 24. 24. And where are you from? From Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Awesome. And then your hiking partner is? Killer. <laughs> Killer. How old are you? I'm 23. And where are you from? Um, Ontario, Canada. How did you guys meet each other? Um, our families have been friends for like 25 years. Nice. And what made you guys decide to hike this trail together? Because you're, everyone I think thought you guys were in a relationship, but I just found out today that you're not. Um, just really good hiking partners, which I guess we can talk about in a second, like how the trail sort of makes people bond together. In your regular life in Canada, were you guys always this close? Uh, no. Uh, it was originally me and my brother planning this trip, and we'd been planning it for a couple months, and we were looking for maybe another or the third person. And then Killer is good friends with my sister, more so than us. So I think my sister mentioned to her, and she was, like, super pumped. And we're like, yeah, sure, yeah, come on. <laughs> and then three or four weeks in, my brother's slowing down, so now it's just us two. <laughs> nice. Um, and you guys, uh, how's, how's your partnership going so far? I've been talking to other partners who've been hiking, like Space Cadet and Ganja Man, and uh, just met a lot of other people who are partners in general. Like, how, how do you think your partnership is going so far on the trail? Oh, really good, I'd say, yeah, like, we haven't had any uh, fights or anything, and I was sick the other day, like, throwing up and stuff, and Killer was, like, super nice, and, like, running ahead to get water for me, which was, like, miles ahead and stuff, because I, like, couldn't move, so that, that was pretty awesome, having a <laughs> really helpful partner. Nice. Killer, how do you feel about it? Uh, it's really great, yeah, I really, really like hiking with Shane, and, um, or with Swass, <laughs> and, yeah, it's, it's a really good balance of just, like, I like how um, Swass is um, kind of like takes a hardcore approach, but also like takes it easy sometimes. But he really like pushes me to go extra miles. Sometimes when I were on my own, I would probably be a little lazier. But, but I like that. I like being pushed, so it's good. <laughs> nice. How many how many miles do you think you guys are averaging a day? Because you guys push on pretty good. 
Uh, I think we're at 18 right now, and we're gonna we're hoping to average like 22 over the trail. Nice. Well, I'm guessing you guys have been to the United States before, but uh, A, have you been in this country very much? B, what do you think your experience is on the trail? Like, how are you? How's how are things different than in Canada? Um, I don't know if you've hiked in other trails in Canada. Like, what do you think about the trail here? Um, yeah, I've been to this area in the states like a few times, and I love it. I think it's like. It's awesome. It's like pretty hilarious, the people and the accents and stuff. <laughs> and the funniest parts is the towns, for sure, like when you see the locals and stuff. Because all the hikers are kind of like, they're, you know, unique, but they're not like necessarily like from southern, like, you know, like locals and stuff. We're like the funniest people, their accents and stuff. So, yeah, those are the funniest times when we're in towns and we can like observe the, <laughs> the people down here. What, what about you, Killer? What is your experience? Yeah, I've never been to this part of the States before, and um, it's, I guess, sort of the same as Shane. It's like an, it's interesting to notice the differences, and I notice them the most um, when we go through towns. Not as much on the trail, because everyone's from all over. <laughs> How are you feeling about the trail? How Have you guys had any, like, major... I don't know, I guess I like to ask people if they've had any, like, major problems, because we're only 460-something miles, and, like, have you noticed any physical problems or anything that you weren't expecting, gear problems, and then have you been surprised by anything, like, you've overcome stuff that you were, like, didn't think you could do? Uh, no, it's gone really well so far. I think we both, like, found it, you know, not too difficult, and so we decided to pick up the pace a little bit to make it a little more challenging. And uh, and we're talking to two guys who have done, or are finishing the Triple Crown, so then we were, like, really inspired, like, oh, these guys are intense, and we kind of want to, like, um, you know, make this trip more intense and like maybe do some future hiking and stuff like it was just cool talking to those guys who are like legitimate like pros yeah. what about you <laughs> yeah i would say so far um we haven't run into any major problems like besides shane getting sick there hasn't been anything um too bad but like it's yeah just like kind of the normal little challenges every day of trying to get up like a steep hill or make the miles we want to make um but um yeah and uh, same as Shane, it's cool talking to people who have done more hiking and who are more experienced and to think about like things in the future, too. Yeah. The Canadians, I just have to say, are probably the most optimistic people I've met the whole time. They pushed on in a pretty serious rainstorm the other day to keep going, I think, seven or eight more miles after all of us stopped on Roan Mountain. And they were just like, oh, it's okay. I'm like pretty sure they're amphibians, but <laughs> <coughs> they also shipped their tents home. And we're, like, just tarping and stuff in the rain. They kind of are indestructible. But uh, I think I also wanted to ask you, you guys are on a pretty slim budget, right? Yeah, we're try I'm trying to not, like, sleep indoors at all <laughs> and just spend as little as I can. Hopefully a dollar a mile. I've heard some people say that that works, so, yeah, I'm trying for that. Yeah, definitely trying to save as much as possible and um, trying not to trying to keep camping instead of staying at hostels but it's tempting some of the time and so I'm not doing the same thing as Shane I am sleeping indoors sometimes <laughs> yeah and shopping at the dollar store shirt is <laughs> <laughs> in the dollar store and my socks from the dollar store <laughs> so you guys are mostly shopping from the dollar store I noticed that you guys are super thrifty uh, and I guess like people's expenditures vary but a lot of people always ask me how much the trail costs to do so it's really interesting to hear the difference in what they think the budget is. Now, you said a dollar a mile, so did you save roughly $2,100 or...? Um, <laughs> no, I probably have like half that, so I'm going <laughs> to have to like ask 
my parents or something and pay them back. I don't know. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, I, have, I don't have a ton of money saved, but I think I have enough to last to the end. <laughs> so hopefully, and maybe some for Shane. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, well, I will say this, like, from doing the Pacific Crest Trail in a similar situation, something always winds up happening where it provides. So people hopefully. will wind up kind of pushing you forward in one way or another. Uh, did, have you guys, do you guys ever access hiker boxes? <laughs> yeah, we found them really awesome. Yeah, we got lots of food from them. If Yogi hasn't cleaned it out before we got there. Um, yeah, that's really awesome. I had never heard about them until the hike, and we love them. They're yeah. awesome. For people who don't hike out there who are listening to this and definitely don't through-hike, do you want to explain to our listeners what a hiker box consists of? Um, so it's pretty much just if, if you don't want something, you put it in the hiker box and then other hikers can take it. So you can find like a lot of good food and camping equipment and yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. So it's like going shopping for free. I guess it's kind of like one person's junk and is another person's treasure. Uh, I think a lot of us sort of depend on hiker boxes yeah. <laughs> yeah. when we get into towns to get stuff. Um, so you guys are also taking some time off in the middle of the trail. Do you want to talk about that for a little bit? I think it's like six days. Is that right? Yeah, we're only taking six days off, and we're going to a music festival in Tennessee called Bonnaroo. And I've been there twice, and it was really awesome. I was like, if we're in southern U.S., we've got to go to it, like around June. And and uh, my brother's going, and my sister's coming down, and Killer's coming. So it'll be a nice little uh, uh, vacation in the middle of our hike. <laughs> And you guys don't normally take too many zeros, is that correct? Yeah, we're not planning to get any. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, the music festival will hopefully be our only zeros if, if things go well. So you guys primarily Nero then, is that right? Um, yeah, our smallest day has been I think like just 12, 12 miles. Yeah. So hardcore. <laughs> so hardcore. Also, I just want to mention this. Uh, Killer is probably one of the nicest people I've met on the trail, for serious. And she always looks like she has just gotten her hair done. It's kind of crazy. It can be like pouring down rain and everyone's miserable. And then she walks up and she's like, hey, how's it going? And like, everything's great. Um, she's definitely offered to take care of all of us and has been really nice. Uh, do you guys have anything that you want to say? Do you blog, Swas? Yeah, yeah, I do have a blog. Um, I think it's uh, my real name, Shane.Harrigan at Blogspot, I think. Maybe you can Google it and find it. I just have like three up there. I'm kind of a noob at blogging, but I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, he, like, sat here yesterday. I saw him. He was, like, writing for a long time in the library. So when people find the time to actually do 12-mile Nero's and not take any zeros and then blog, I think it's good and noteworthy. So if you guys are listening, you should try and uh, Google him, Shane.Harrington. Harrigan. Harrigan. Yeah. Harrigan. Shane.Harrigan at Blogspot. Um, and then, Killer, do you want to say anything? I just want to say that running into Kim Chi and her hiking partner, Yogi, is... They're two of my favorite people to run into on the trail, definitely. So, yeah, you're, you're making my hike better. <laughs> Touche. I would have to say the same thing. Uh, and then you guys are definitely going to Maine, right? Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're all going to Katahdin. We got this. Um, so I guess I'm signing out from two wonderful Canadians. And don't forget to check out Shane's blog. Uh, yep, for now, that's it. I'm Kimchi and I'm out. If you are interested in checking out Shane's blog and what he and Killer are up to now, there is a link to that on our webpage as well. So, to wrap up this episode, we are going to jump forward in time, all the way to the present, and forward in space, 
all the way to Maine, where Kimchi is getting ready to get back on trail after taking another three weeks off to finish healing. Here she is. Hey, this is Kimchi with Sounds of the Trail, and I am currently in Millinocket, Maine. Been off trail for about three and a half weeks, working on Fire Island, which was actually a really, really nice reprieve. The trail always provides. I had to get off the trail because my foot still wasn't healed all the way, and luckily some some pretty serious fate destiny trail magic came my way via Chris Thompson, a good friend of mine who offered me a job to uh, work on Fire Island, a really, really pretty cool place off of Long Island. Beautiful, beautiful stretch of ocean, beach, land area. Anyway, foot's feeling pretty good at this point. I'm pretty excited. I'm nervous. And I am with a hiking partner of mine from the Appalachian Trail early on and with Silver Lining. Luckily enough, he picked me up in New Hampshire the other day. We spent... Two evenings in, man, North Conway area, I guess, North Conway, New Hampshire, and drove up to Millinocket today. We're staying in this crazy-ass little place, which is reminiscent of most of the, I guess, go ahead and bleep me out, like, the whole little motels that you would stay in, uh, in a trail town. I'm hoping to see a couple of different people. Rock Ocean, I don't know where the heck you are, but I better find you. And I'm also definitely hoping to see a bunch of my homies who are heading north as I head south. Coming south is kind of a weird thing. I've never gone southbound ever. Uh, so this is going to be exciting to follow the trail south. Uh, it's definitely a little bit different. I already started going through the mileages in my AWOL guide. <laughs> and looking at it from another perspective is is really funny, actually. Reading mile marker, you know, 2100 is definitely not what I'd expect to be reading for just starting my my trail. (laughs) That's usually the end. So, yeah, I'm basically also going to be starting at the hardest part of the trail, which is really, really exciting since I haven't hiked for a couple of weeks now. And the last place I did, in fact, hike was in New Jersey, which was mostly flat. So this is going to be a great time. For all you guys out there, you guys don't know what I look like, most of you, but I'm not the skinniest of ladies, but I definitely put a good 20 pounds back on over my time off the trail. So, you got that. That, That's going to be working against me. What else do I have going on? I don't know. I was not the healthiest the entire time I was off the trail as well. Recovery is an uphill battle. (laughs) Definitely inspired to drink a lot of IPAs. A lot of IPAs. I definitely tasted some new IPAs and some old IPAs and unnecessarily drank IPAs. I also worked a lot of hours to try and make some money because I'm really poor. Breaking the foot really set me back. But uh, that's the update for now. I'm going to interview Silver Lining in a little bit and we're going to talk about what happens when you get off the trail and how through hiking or the idea of through hiking changes. So why don't I... Sign off for now, just on my update from Millinocket, Maine, and wanted to check in with you guys while I was on Fire Island, but really didn't have a lot of chance to do that. I was really working my butt off. Who would have thought that I'd be a great cook? I mean, I guess I never did, but we'll sign out now from Millinocket, Maine, getting ready to summit Katahdin early tomorrow morning, and hopefully we'll talk to some thru-hikers early tomorrow as they finish their trail, they finish their thru-hike, while I'm starting mine all over again. Peace out.
It's kimchi. Hey, this is kimchi with Sounds of the Trail. I am going to get back on trail tomorrow for my beautiful flip-flop. I'm going to start southbounding on the Appalachian Trail, returning back. Really excited about it, really nervous, a little scared, and also anxious. I've been off the trail for a while, as I mentioned, and I just want to get back out there. (laughs) I don't know how much I'm meant for regular life, which is uh, kind of a bad thing to say, but I'm looking forward to nature. I'm looking forward to trees. I'm looking forward to lakes. I'm looking forward to no cars, no people, except for people who are hiking and people who like hikers. (laughs) And uh, I don't know. At this point, I don't want to curse myself, but I'd even take really crappy weather. I'm just ready to be out of civilization and back home where I belong, back to where I can just listen for the entire day and all I can hear is the wind or a river or maybe a bear crashing around because I accidentally scared the crap out of it. But not having to hear cars is going to be nice, not having to, you know, just see the daily destruction that we as human beings like to put around us is going to be pretty nice. It'll just be nice to go back there, even though it's going to be rigorous and it's going to kick my butt. Definitely going to kick my butt. Um, Gizmo asked me to talk about how my idea of thru-hiking has changed. I can tell you that it has changed greatly. I think most of us who are thru-hiking tend to think of a thru-hike as a continuous, non-stop journey from one end of the trail to the other. And I think that... Since I hiked the Pacific Crest Trail last year and had to uh, was faced with the dilemma of what to do with the fires in California, I, my idea of a thru-hike changed, and that being that Mother Nature, especially on the Pacific Crest Trail, tends to throw a wrench in everyone's plans. People deal with weather, whether it be uh, high snow in the Sierras or fire. There have been lots of wildfires. Uh, fires in Washington right now are in Chelan, and... Uh, kind of messing up like Mount Adams area I think um on the Appalachian Trail most of the people who I've known who've gotten off the trail have gotten off due to injury related things usually it's not the weather I want to say maybe Sandy could have caused uh, some delays and I think that sometimes snow and rain will cause people to have to get off for a little periods of time but I had to entirely reroute my trail <laughs> and my uh my hike like 100%. Uh, so my idea has changed greatly. I don't, I guess, to me, a through hike at this point would just be, I mean, my own perception would be to to hike the Appalachian Trail in whatever way I can. Section hiking, obviously, is a little bit different. I don't feel like I'm doing a section hike at this point. If I can actually get all the way to Virginia, I think it'll be a true flip-flop. And my partner and I were jokingly talking about yo-yoing, or flip yoing, which would be <laughs> basically um, coming all the way up here and then going back down south all the way to Georgia, even though we'd already done a lot of it into Virginia. So I don't know. I think, I really think that the trail is just, it really just doesn't let you ever do what you think you're going to do. That's what I can say. I know a lot of people don't have that experience. Some people just bust through it and they really just kind of get the trail done. And some people take their sweet time and get the trail done, but they stay on the trail. Uh, this this kind of running around business for me has been really, really bizarre and kind of interesting. And I can tell you that 
the entire time I haven't been on the trail because I've been off due to injury, I've done nothing but think about the trail and be connected to all of the people that were on the trail. And uh, I'm still very connected to all of the trail family that I built and people that I made, like, made friends with all along the way on the Appalachian Trail. And I'm still really close with my PCT f- trail family as well. But the Appalachian Trail this year has just been like, it's been so different. <laughs> it's been really challenging in a lot of different ways. And sometimes I feel like I'm like fighting for my life almost just to, just to really keep getting back on the trail. It's like, it's like the trail's like fighting me or something. Uh, or it's like a, it's like a significant other that just, that keeps giving you such a hard time for you to prove your love. You know, I feel like I have to just keep proving my love to the Appalachian Trail and just being like, it's okay, baby, I love you so much. I'm just trying to be with you. Why can't you see that? <laughs> and then the Appalachian Trail is like, ha-ha, break your foot. Ha-ha, your foot's not healed yet. Ha-ha, it's going to rain every single day. Ha-ha-ha. <laughs> I don't care. I still love the Appalachian Trail anyway. So maybe this is the opposite. Maybe the Appalachian Trail is like an abusive boyfriend. And maybe, I don't know. I just can't stay away from it because I love it so much. But either way... I guess, I don't know, like, everyone's got their own ideas of what a thru-hike actually is. That's something you sort of learn when you're thru-hiking in general. Like, that's where hike-your-own-hike comes from. Hike-your-own-hike or H-your-own-H or however you want to look at it. That term comes from mainly people's ideas of what a thru-hike actually is and what it actually entails. And a lot of the time it comes from people's agendas and opinions sort of getting in the way of each other's own hike, like someone kind of scoffing at someone for only doing 12 miles a day instead of 25, or someone else scoffing at someone else because they're taking a zero into town and they're, you know, um, just resting and getting a motel room, or the opposite, someone scoffing at someone for doing 30 miles a day and not appreciating the trail. I guess being injured... And having to flip-flop and having to southbound is really just kind of beating the idea back into my head that hiking your own hike is kind of the only way you can go about it. Meaning that you kind of have to just like have your own relationship with the trail because the trail and you are kind of just in it to win it together. Even if it's totally a destructive, <laughs> a destructive thing. Um, so I guess that's the the way that my my idea of how the trail works changed in a in a a through hiking kind of a way is just that I've accepted the fact that <laughs> that there're going to be be things that come up in the middle of my plans and I'm just going to have to act accordingly and and go with the flow. Um I think it was I'm trying to remember exactly Bluebeard. Bluebeard kind of had a really good way talking about that early on when I interviewed him and We talked about kind of adapting to things and sort of keeping your mentality in a positive manner and just having a good positive mental attitude in general. And I I also talked to another person, uh, not, not really a religious person, and I would say that I'm wholly spiritual when it comes to being in nature and, and my love for people and being genuine and just being good and all that good stuff. But when I, when I got injured, someone had asked me, they said, they said, uh, did you pray for patience recently? And I thought about it. And I was like, I think, you know, I probably really did meditate on that. I was like, oh, man, just give me give me some patience. I need to have some patience. And maybe that's how I got my patience. The trail always teaches you a lesson. <laughs> 
having a broken foot for <laughs> almost a month and a half definitely taught me some patience. Uh, and I can honestly tell you that I'm probably going to cry so hard tomorrow when I summit Katahdin because being back home is it's going to be something. And I'm okay going slow now. I don't have to push myself. I think I'm okay with the weather. I just want to be back out there so bad that it doesn't even matter. So has my idea of a thru-hike changed, Gizmo? I don't think it really has changed in so many ways. Uh, you know, again, I'm happy to hike my own hike, but my relationship and my appreciation for it and my patience level, just being able to, like, kind of go at it and see where it happens, like, where it takes me and what's going to happen, maybe that's changed a little bit. Maybe it's changed a whole lot. So uh, thank you, Appalachian Trail, for totally destroying all my hopes and dreams and then rebuilding them with a whole different set of tools and I don't know scenarios and situations and friends and god I can't wait to see what happens I'm really hoping it's uh (laughs) hoping it's positive but if it's not I guess I'll just have to deal with it for now I'm Kim Chi and I'm signing out from Millinocket Maine and uh, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow or I guess it'll be next week at this point when I interview folks at the top of Katahdin and uh yeah I'll give you an update thanks for listening and thanks for having me even though I've been broken for a month and a half peace with that we are going to wrap up this episode part three is presumably somewhere in Oregon far far away from cell phone service but hopefully he will call me soon and we'll get to hear from him next week Don't forget to check out our Instagram feed to see the hikers and places featured on the podcast. And until next week, this is Sounds of the Trail. On the big rock candy mountain, you never have to change your socks. Little streams of alcohol come a-trickling through the rocks. All the railroad bowls at the tip of their hats and the railroad bowls are all blind. There's a little lake of stew and a whiskey too. You can paddle all around it in your big canoe on the big rock candy mountain.